0: Amen. Speaker, it's my borrowed in us. Since the judge is mighty, then I'm going free. Right when the gavel fell, I heard them freedom Bells ring through the heart of hell. I'm going free, I'm going free. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Through my shackles in the sea, glory, glory, hallelujah! Jesus, He's my liberty. Glory, glory, hallelujah! Through my shackles in the sea, glory, glory, hallelujah! Jesus, He's my liberty. I'm going. God. It's good to be free, isn't it? Amen. You know, I uh just, just hit me as uh, Pastor Hills was <clears throat> receiving the offering. He said, tomorrow is February 1st. That's my spiritual birthday. Uh, tomorrow, 40, 43 years ago, <clears throat> tomorrow, February 1st, I gave my life to Christ. <clears throat> I've never been the same. He is a miracle worker. And uh, so just before we get into preaching tonight I want to read you a story now I'm not sure that it's a true story but you can decide for yourself a mangy looking guy goes into a bar and orders a drink and the bartender says no way you know you can't afford to pay for it and the guy says well you're right I don't have any money but if I show you something you've never seen before will you give me a drink <clears throat> bartender says, uh, okay, unless it's just something just stupid. And so the guy goes, deal, you know, and reaches into his coat pocket and pulls out a hamster. <clears throat> he puts the hamster on the bar and it runs to the end, <clears throat> climbs down, runs across the room, up on the piano, jumps on the keyboard, and starts playing a tune. <clears throat> the hamster's really good. <clears throat> the bartender says, you know, you're right. <clears throat> I've never seen anything like that before. That hamster is truly good on a piano. <clears throat> the guy downs the drink, and he asks the bartender for another one. The guy says, well, either pay for it or show me something else that will amaze me. The guy reaches into his coat again and pulls out a frog, <clears throat> puts the frog on the bar, and the frog starts to sing. He has a marvelous voice and a perfect pitch, a fine singer. A stranger from the the other end of the bar runs over to the guy and offers him $300 for the frog. The guy says, it's a deal. He takes the $300 and gives the stranger the frog. The stranger runs out of the door, and the bartender says to the guy, are you some kind of nut? You sold a singing frog for $300? It must have been worth millions. You've got to be crazy. Not really, says the guy. The hamster is also a ventriloquist. <clears throat> like I said, I'm, <clears throat> I'm not really sure if that's a true story, but <clears throat> it's funny nonetheless. <clears throat> if I could uh, get that up on the screen there. We're going to start, <clears throat> this is a uh, series I'm beginning tonight and um calling it I'm a Believer. The last series I did at the first of this month uh, was on love, and I mentioned in that series when we started out that love was a, was the most important thing we can do. And I believe that's true. I believe that love is the most important thing we can do. Jesus said it's the greatest command, right, to love God and love others. But listen, believing has to be... <clears throat> A close second. It's so important. In fact, Hebrews chapter 11, this uh, is not going to work, so I'm going to need... Let me see. No? Look, it's trying to work. Man, I'm going to really need some help tonight. It's on the... Wrong thing. No. There we go. But thank you, Jason. You know, I have th- this is I haven't used this but about a hundred and fifty times. So <laughs> takes uh, probably two hundred to get used to it. <clears throat> Hebrews eleven six. <clears throat> But without faith it is impossible to please Him, for he who comes to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Tonight, when, when I talked about love, I mentioned in the first message that it's impossible to overemphasize the importance of love in our lives, and that's true, isn't it? It's, it love is so important. But it is also true that we cannot uh, 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 diminish the importance of believing. It, it, we, it, we cannot overemphasize the importance of believing. In fact, Hebrews 11, verse 6, it says, We must believe. Say, I must believe. In fact, I want you to say this with me tonight I'm a believer. When we say those words, something powerful and miraculous sets off in our lives. In Mark chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus said, All things are possible to him who believes. That's awesome tonight. All things, say all things, are possible to me as I believe. Say it again. I'm a believer. Now, anybody can be a skeptic or a doubter. It is easy to be skeptical. It's easy to be a, a doubter, you know, and it goes kind of like this. Well, I don't know. Or, well, we'll just kind of have to just wait and see. Or, well, you got to be careful about what you put your faith into <clears throat> And I do agree with that one. We do have to be careful about what we put our faith in. A lot of us have put our faith into things that have let us down, haven't we? Have you ever, anybody along with me tonight, ever put your faith or confidence in a car that lets you down? You went out, put the key in the ignition, turned it, and it just kind of went... Ever had that happen? Or have you, and I've had that happen. I've had this happen, where I turned the ignition and it just went. Just a click. I didn't want to click. I wanted to, you know, I wanted Well, I never had those kind of engines, but anyway. (laughs) But it just clicked. Then I have had cars where I went in, I turned the ignition, and it wasn't, I didn't get a I didn't get a kick. I got nothing. We have all probably had times where we put our confidence or faith in a car that was unfaithful or in something or someone that uh, let us down. But tonight, and this is why I get excited about this subject, when it comes to God, we can abandon caution. When it comes to putting faith in Him or our believing in Him, we can, we can uh, abandon caution in believing God because God is faithful. He is dependable. He is reliable. It is impossible for God to lie. And so we can believe. And I want you to say, I can believe. <clears throat> now, we are, we are called Christians. And Christians, you know, the, the, you know, we're called a lot of things. As Christians, we're called a lot of things. Some, some people call us weirdos. <clears throat> but in the 70s, I was thinking about this uh, uh, 43 years ago when I gave my life to Christ. Back in those years, mid-70s, we were called Jesus people by some. Other people called us Jesus freak. Uh, People brand us today, some people just call us church folk. Some people call us do-gooders. Some people call us holy rollers uh, or simply Christians. But I have decided that what I want to be known as is a believer. Now, I'm not planning on having a tombstone. I'm rooting for the rapture. But if, if, if I ever did have a gravestone, I would just like it to be written across the front of that gravestone. He was a believer. Because tonight, I am a believer in Jesus Christ. When we say, I'm a believer, it opens up all kinds of possibilities. I'm going to tell you from the the beginning tonight that I am believing this evening. I am believing for God to manifest Himself. I'm believing for God to do things. I didn't come tonight just to preach a message and get done and go home and have a bowl of soup. I, I... I'm probably going to do that, but I didn't come here just for that. I came expecting. I came believing. We came tonight not just to join together, and I did enjoy worship. I enjoyed the singing. I enjoyed the praising. I came to do that, but I came with with a goal in mind, and that goal was for God to be glorified, for God to, To make his presence real in our lives. We are believers. I want you to say it again tonight. I'm a believer. Saying that means we are expecting. We are believing. We are trusting. We are looking for God to do something. Believing. Not just I did believe, but I am believing. I am a believer. I'm still a believer. 43 years ago tomorrow... I became a believer in Jesus Christ, but now, forty three years later, i 'm still a believer, and we are believing tonight. I have been uh, rereading a book by Beth Moore called "Believing God." and uh, i have uh, been challenged again, and she she gives an excellent five-statement declaration about believing that we're going to use in this series, so tonight and then next Wednesday and then on, and they are they can, they're simple <coughs> declarations of believing, and we can number them on one hand using all five fingers. The first is God is who he says he is. The second is God can do what he says he can do. The third is I am who God says I am. The fourth is I can do what God says I can do. And the fifth is God's word is active and alive in me. Praise God. And so that's what we're going to look at in this series. Uh, They are fairly simple declarations, but listen, if we believe and we practice them, the results will be nothing short of miraculous. And the first is God is who he says he is. God is who he says he is. Now, as we look through the pages of the Bible, there is verse after verse after verse of Scripture that says that God is saying who He is. But there's none better than Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, when Moses is talking to God out of the burning bush. Moses is having a not-so-average day God appears to him in the wilderness uh, in a burning bush and begins to talk to him. That doesn't happen every day. And Moses, uh, as he's having this conversation with God out of a burning bush, God says, I've heard the cry of my people. I've come down to deliver them. I'm going to release the Hebrews from the land of Egypt, and I'm going to use you. Moses, I'm sure, was really excited by the first declaration that God was going to deliver his people out of Egypt, but if you read through in Exodus chapter 3 and the, ver- and the several chapters afterwards, Moses, when God says, I'm going to use you, it kind of set him back a bit because he's wondering about him being involved in the process. And so he's kind of trying to get out of it, and he says, uh, well, they're not even going to believe uh, uh, that, that, uh, that I have been sent, so who shall I say has sent me? And this is just great. God responds in classic God style and says these words, God said to Moses, I am who I am. <laughs> that, just, that just cracks me up. Who shall I say has sent me? God says, I am who I am. And he said, thus shall you say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Now, I love that. How can you not love that? That is so classic. That's so god uh, Moses says, who, who shall I say is, has sent me? And God says, I am. And the rest is history. God said, I am. Moses went to Egypt, and God showed them all that he is. And there's nothing greater we can know about God than those two words. God describes himself, I am. I am. Not I was. Not uh, I may be, or one day I will be, but I am. And tonight, in this place, at this time, you and I need to know God is. God is who we need Him to be tonight. This is who we are believers in. And I want you to say it again tonight. I'm a believer. I want you to say this with me. I believe... God is the I am for me. I want you to say it all together. I believe God is the I am for me. That is awesome. Now, I know this is just really simple tonight, but it is powerful. If we dare to believe that God is Who he says he is, God knows who he is. He says, I am the great I am, and we need to know who God is for ourselves. Jesus, when he was here, came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, <clears throat> and he said, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. When we wrap our believing around who he is, everything changes. That's what happened to me, and, and, and it, uh, I get Sentimental. Every year when it comes to around this time, my spiritual birthday, because I began to wrap my faith around who he was, and it changed my life. When we wrap our believing around who he is, it affects everything. It affects our eternity. In Acts chapter 4, verse 12, it says, nor is there salvation in any other For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. When we put our trust in Him in the name of Jesus Christ, when we know who He is, Jesus, uh, the Christ, the Savior, the Son of the living God, when we put our faith in Him, we are affected for all eternity. But not only that is we know Him and put our faith, our believing in Him, we, it becomes one of the single greatest factors in our enjoying a quality of life here before we go there. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue. You get that tonight? That is a a, a tremendous verse of Scripture. It says, as we know through the knowledge of Him, when we get to know Him (coughs) for ourselves, the knowledge of Him, what it does is it releases divine power that then enables us all things that are given to us that pertain or involve life and godliness. That means that as we believe in Jesus Christ, as we are trusting in him, when we say I'm a believer in Jesus, what that means is a power is released, a divine power is released within us that enables us to live this life in victory and to face the life of to come with confidence. Man, I I like that. (laughs) We uh, know, and when we know God for ourselves, it releases divine power. Thank God. Now say this with me. I believe God God is who he says he is. Say it again. I believe... God is who he says he is. I believe. God is who he says he is. That's that's one. The second is God can do what he said he can do. Tonight God is big and does big things. He is big. Isaiah chapter 40 verse 12 talks about the bigness of God. God is actually this is this is inspired by God himself. He says, "Who else has held the oceans in his hand or has measured off the heavens with his fingers? Who else knows the weight of the earth or has weighed the mountains and hills on a scale?" In 1st Kings chapter 8 and verse 27, the word of God says, "Behold the heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain you. God is big tonight, and he does big things. In Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 2, he says, Lord, I have heard of your fame, and I stand in awe of your deeds, O Lord. Renew them in our day. In our time, make them known. What this is telling us, uh, and the prophet Habakkuk is telling us, is that God inspires awe and what awe is in other words is that God can do things that will cause our jaw to drop open in amazement like this he stands in awe there and when I was when I was considering this I remember as a, as a young uh, believer in the Flagstaff Church, Pastor Jack Harris was our pastor, got a group of us together and took us down with him across the border into Nogales, Sonora, Mexico for a salvation healing crusade. And one night, there was uh, a mom who had brought her little three-year-old girl that had a leg that was completely paralyzed, it had no life in it. This little girl had learned to walk on crutches, and so she had never known anything. She had ne- never had life. That leg was completely paralyzed, completely dead. And her parents <coughs> had gotten a special shoe made that had a ring on it and a belt with a big hook on the back of the belt, and they took that leg and would, would hook it up behind her so that she could walk without getting that leg uh, just dangling in the way of the other one, and, and trip her up. And that's how this little three-year-old girl learned to walk. And that night in that crusade, a simple prayer was made of healing. Uh, salvation first, and people responded and gave their lives to Christ. And then there was a mass prayer. And I'm gonna, we're going to pray a prayer like that at the end tonight, and we're going to believe God to do some things. And a simple prayer for healing was made, and I watched with my jaw dropped open like this. As that little three-year-old girl, for the first time in her life, walked on that leg that had been dead, I, do, do you even realize the amount of miracles God had to do, uh, the, the atrophy and, <clears throat> I mean, I, 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 it, it boggles the mind, it makes the mind hurt to think of all of the things God had to do creatively to cause that to happen, but God can do whatever needs to be done. And he did it, and I watched as that little girl for the first time in her life walked on that dead leg across to her mom. Her mom was kneeling down on the platform with tears streaming down her face. We all had tears streaming down our face as we saw in awe what God can do. Excuse me, Lord, I've heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, O Lord. Renew them in our day, in our time, make them known. And I'm here to tell us tonight God is renewing them in our days, and He is making them known. In this assembly, in our body of believers, we have had people that gotten healed of cancer. We've had people healed of respiratory illness. We've had people that have been healed of liver problems, neck problems, back problems. Broken marriages have been healed. Addictions of all different kinds have been broken. Uh, uh, People that were just religious through their life but no relationship with God have been born again and come into a right relationship with Christ why? Because God is who he says he is, and he can do what he said he can do. Isaiah 9 and verse 6 says, Of the coming Messiah, his name shall be called Wonderful. Now, when we use that word wonderful, we mean like really good or really great. Oh, that's just, that is just just Wonderful. Isn't that isn't that wonderful? Isn't that really good? Isn't that really great? But when the Bible talks about the name of God being wonderful, it's not just He is really good. He is really great, but it's it it means that He does wonders. He is wonderful. <clears throat> that God does outstanding and miraculous things that can make us wonder. If we remove the wonder from God, then we can no longer call him wonderful. Or put better, God we call wonderful because he does wonders. God is who he says he is, and he can do what he says he can do. It, the the god who parted the red sea the god who caused water to come out of a rock the god who caused food to rain out of heaven and fed a multitude the god who brought his people into the promised land that's the god that we believe in that's the god we trust that's the god who still does wonders today he is wonderful he is full of wonders I used to pastor in Chinle, Arizona, on the Navajo Reservation. Man, I tell you, these things choke me up because I have God is wonderful. With when I was pastoring in Chinle, my my son Dan was in first grade there. It was tough. It was a classroom that didn't have any discipline, and there's always stuff going on and it was difficult but one day in his class a little boy stabbed a little girl in the eye with a pencil stabbed her in the eye and she was taken to a specialist in Albuquerque they they treated her and and bandaged her up they and the parents weren't given much hope that she'd ever be able to see out of that eye and uh, they told them to come, told the parents, you make sure to come back a day or two or something like that, so we can check and make sure there's no infection setting in in the eye. And we went to a church, I think it was a Wednesday night service. We just gathered as, as the church and we just said a simple prayer, called out to God for this little first grader, little six year old girl. And when she went back to that doctor and he peeled that bandage off her eye, That eyeball was perfectly whole. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm telling you, there wasn't wasn't any sign of the injury. She had been stabbed in the eye with a pencil, but God loved that little girl enough to reach down and just touch that eyeball and brought it back to perfect wholeness. (laughs) Tonight, we're believers, And I want you to say it again, I'm a believer. (laughs) Believing God, there's a couple of things I want to touch on Then we're going to pray tonight. Believing God will deliver us from a life of boredom. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mark chapter 9, verse 23 says, again, all things are possible to him who believes. And my prayer tonight is that we will challenge ourselves to believe, that we will not just in our lives settle for what happens, that we... that we wouldn't freak out every time a big problem or need arose. And I thought I wrote that statement down in my notes, and then I thought, well, the truth is there have been times in my life where a big problem or a big need arose, and I did kind of freak out at first. So I wrote in the second line after I wrote that, after we have freaked out for a few minutes... I want to challenge us to remember God is who he says he is, and he can do what he says he can do. And if we dare to believe and trust in him, then we will never live a life of boredom. Believing God means we can live with hope. Now listen, there are a lot of brilliant, persuasive and credentialed people today who will try to convince us that God no longer works miracles. But I want you to hear me tonight. No matter how brilliant, no matter how persuasive, no matter how credentialed, no matter how many letters they've got after their name, they do not have the right to take away our hope. Because we are believers, Daniel chapter three verse seventeen tells us God is able. Mark nine twenty three tells us all things are possible with Him. Luke chapter one verse thirty seven says, "With God, nothing shall be impossible." In First Peter chapter one verse three, it says, "Praise be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth." into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We have been born again when we believe and trust in Christ. We are birthed into a life of living hope. You and I as God's people, as believers in Jesus Christ, are meant to live in hope. That hope is a confident expectation of good from God. We're meant to live there, not just visit on occasion. Well, I I'm, I'm feeling kind of perky today and so I I guess it's going to be all right. God's God God's must be shining, bright. it's a, it, uh, maybe it 's the full moon, and I just feel perky today because not just visit there every once in a while, but we are meant and called to because we trust in him, live in hope, live with hope that when big needs big problems come up, uh, we are hopeful, even though we may be challenged in those things. Uh, we are born again into a living hope how Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. You and I have not been birthed into a dead, dry, uh, stinking, rotten, uh, lifeless, hopeless, uh, faithless religion. We have been birthed into a living hope. How? By the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It's a living hope. Listen, if Jesus can pull off being raised from the dead, he can pull off what we need from him throughout our whole lives and the life to come. We can trust him in our now. We can trust him for our eternity. If he can pull off raising from the dead, and you say, well, how do you know he raised from the dead? Because 43 years ago tomorrow, he raised me up. I was dead in my sin I was dead in habits and bondages I was one messed up little teenager and God broke through with I dared to trust in him and he changed my life he brought resurrection power within me I'm feeling a little bit of it right now He he has raised from the dead I know that because he touched my life and changed me We're believers, and tonight I want you to hear this. We will never have a need that exceeds his power. I should have put that up on the screen. We will never have a need. I want you to say this with me. I will never have a need that exceeds God's power. This last portion of Scripture Ephesians 1, 18 through 20, says, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know, see, that we can know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saint and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us, say, toward me, who believe according to the working of his mighty power, and here it goes back again, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. When we believe, the exceeding greatness of God's power begins to be manifested in our lives. It's awesome that we know him and then as we believe in him his power is released in us now I know tonight I have got a little excitable I I, and I know that some may be thinking tonight oh you just tried to come in and and get everybody riled up and excited and all that and and I'll just straight up admit it (laughs) I came to rile you up I came to get you excited. How, listen, how can, we, how can we not get a little bit excited when we begin to hear about who we have believed in? We have something. Listen, we have someone to get excited about. We believe in a God who can do what he says he can do. He is who he says he is, and he can do what he said He can do. Just as we close tonight, I want you to say it again. I'm a believer. I want you to say it one more time. I'm a believer. Now lift your voice and just shout it out. I'm a believer. believer. We are believers in Jesus Christ. And he has risen from the dead. We're going to, a few months from now, we're going to be in Easter season. I think we ought to every day live in Easter season. I think every day we ought to. We, we, uh, we uh, celebrated his birth, but every day we need to celebrate his death and resurrection. He didn't stay in the tomb. He rose again from the dead, and he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and tonight he is who he says he is, and he can do what he said he can do. He's a great God. We don't believe in a dead, dry, uh, uh, stupid, uh, faithless, hopeless um, junk. We don't. <clears throat> we don't. We believe in a big God, in a great God, and a God who is who he said he was. And can do what he said he can do. And I want you to say, I believe that. Let's bow, our, let's bow our heads tonight. If you've never asked Christ to come into your life, I want to encourage you. He loves you, and he died just for you. I mean, he died for the world, but he died specifically for you. And the thing that God does, and I know this from my own experience, he brings us to a place of decision. And see, he has brought us to this place tonight to decide <coughs> in believing. And tonight maybe you've never given Christ your life or you've been away from him and have have maybe there's been a time where you've just kind of, Your belief was suspended, and, and your life was kind of in limbo and suspended. But tonight, he is Jesus Christ, and he died and rose again for us. And tonight, he's here to bring forgiveness. Across this building, no one looking around for a moment, you say, would you remember me in prayer for forgiveness? I want to ask Jesus to come into my life. I want to rededicate my life to him and no one looking around for a moment you just slip your hand up and say would you include me in this prayer god bless you god bless you honest hearts god bless you praise god god bless you you can put your hands down let's stand tonight we're going to pray and uh, after we finish prayer there's going to be those up here to to pray personally for uh, for you and <clears throat> If you're praying for the first time or if you've been away from God for a good long time or something and are saying this prayer for the first time, you know it would be good to come up to the front and meet somebody and just tell them what you've done and uh, just have them just agree with you in prayer. But tonight what we're going to do is we're first we're going to pray a prayer of forgiveness and then we're going to pray for every other kind of need. And I want to encourage us all to believe together in the God who is who he says he is and he can do what he says he can do. He can, he is our healer. He is our provider. He is our comforter. He is our helper. You say, what do you mean by helper? That means in whatever area we need help in, he is there, he is, he is the I am and he is tonight. I am is here tonight. He, not, he doesn't want just was and not just will, but I am is here tonight. I am. I am who I am. God, God knows who he is, and tonight we know who he is, don't we? Amen. Let's pray together. I want you to just pray this out with me. If all of you would just pray this prayer. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. I ask you to forgive me. Come into my heart. And wash me clean. Thank you for that forgiveness that you purchased 2,000 years ago with me in mind tonight. I receive you and your forgiveness. I believe you are the Lord who heals me. I ask for your healing tonight. I believe you're my provider I ask for your provision. I believe you are my helper and that you will help me in every need that I have. You are, I am, for me right now. And I thank you for it. In your wonderful name, the name of Jesus, amen. Now, would you just thank him? I want to pray over you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for releasing healing, Lord, right now. Thank you for delivering uh, from addictions right now. Thank you, Lord, for bringing provision, God, and for releasing, God, that work of Jehovah Jireh, our provider. God, thank you tonight uh, for your help. Thank you for your comfort. Thank you for your strength tonight. Lord, thank you that as we have come into this service, some of us have come into this service disheartened and discouraged. Some of us may have felt very little hope as we came in tonight. But, God, you are our hope. You have birthed us into a living hope. And tonight, Lord, as we go from this place, we go with your hope living in our lives. Thank you for that. Thank you that we can call ourselves believers. And I want you to say it again with me tonight. I am a believer. believer. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God.